So today we've got uh, David Gray uh, from Port Macquarie up on the podcast. Now, I'd actually explain what he does, but it's actually quite a hard one. I don't actually quite know because there's about 10 million moving pieces. Can you explain to us what you do? Yeah, look, I always struggle with the word entrepreneur, but I think that's pretty much what it is, property entrepreneur. So we've got uh, 13 offices from Lauriton all the way up uh, into the Northern Rivers area. Uh, And on top of that, develop finance business, mm. I've got a smoke alarms business and accommodation businesses. So pretty much anything to do with property, we are having a go at it. Jeez. And and even right now, we're sitting on one of your properties. Yeah, we're at uh, brand new Camp Jordan, launched last week. Uh, it was an old caravan park. Now we've got glamping tents, airstreams. Yeah, really cool. You don't stick to just one particular, even when you're talking about real estate itself, it's not like you're pigeonholed into one sector. What drove you to the point where you're dabbling in different in different parts? Look, I think some people can really be unbelievable at one thing, mm. and that's not me. Like, I'm not brilliant in one thing, mm. but I'm okay at lots of different things. Mm. So I think that's my way of sort of justifying not being brilliant at one thing. That makes sense. That's a good way of getting around it. So property, well, so how did, run me through the thought process of going from being a selling agent to a developer to multi different cash flowing businesses to now living up on here. Like what was the mindset shifts for you? And, and I guess, tell me a bit about yourself as a person. Yeah. Well, I don't have jealousy at all. So anyone that's really good at something, I look at them and then in a good way, um, sort of chase after it. So like I, I did real estate, really enjoyed that. And then I met Damien Cooley as an auctioneer, like, wow, like what a talent. So I was like, if he can do it, wonder how, you know, I can, how, how much I can catch him. So then watch Damien. And then I was lucky enough working with the Greek um, brothers that are a lot of ethnic clients. So I learned, you know, those guys never earned much money. And, you know, I had a client with over hundred properties that earned wow. minimal money throughout his life. So I got to learn the ethnic way through real estate. And then from that different accommodation businesses. So I'm always looking at other people and what they've done. Like, I mean, you look at Justin Hems, for example, like yeah. people struggle with one restaurant, you know, that guy's got over 30, I think. So I think it's always, uh, I, once upon a time, the bank said to me, look, I think you got too much on, Dave. Uh, there was a time where the bank came and said to me, Dave, you got too much on. There was a little bit of a concern. I said, but compared to who? I mean, compared <laughs> to Richard Branson, mm. I'm asleep. That's right. So, yeah. you know, it's depending who you compare yourself to. Mm, mm. Who did you compare yourself growing up? Oh, great question. Mm. I had a neighbour across the road that had a, a younger, good-looking wife and a couple of sports <laughs> cars. So, I don't know, from an early age, like, there's actually a thing in my room, at, you know, at 12 that – you know, I wanted to be rich living on the water, you know. So it, it's funny. I, I don't know where it came from, but I think it's just always watching people and, and chasing after them in, in a good way, not mm. in an envious way. But, yeah, being inspired mm. by people. Like, I love talented people yeah. and I love being the dumbest person in the room. Yeah. When did it all start for you? Like, in terms of thinking with that growth mindset and that competitive mindset, When, like, what age did that start and how did it start? Well, if, like if my dad was really honest, he'd probably say this would never would have happened. Like I was a total dreamer, like a massive dreamer. And I was still a massive dreamer. And I think what I learned through other people is how, you, like Napoleon, he was really good at actually making a dream come to it. So like now, whenever I've got an idea, I get an A3 bit of paper out. So say it was saying, start a podcast, I'd say, well, what's my name? Who's my audience? Mm. What I'm doing? So I've just taught myself that if I've got an idea, all the little steps I do to actually make that happen. Yeah, Okay. And did you go to uni and do anything with? No. no so I always say I outworked it. I didn't outsmart it. I outworked it. So mm. I shouldn't be where I am, probably from my smarts. But Monday to Friday, I worked in a real estate business as a sales director. Mm. I had a pizza shop. I was there at least three nights a week. I was developing two sites and running those two sites. 
I was auctioning all day Saturday. Wow. I was getting on a plane on a Saturday night, flying anywhere around Australia, Asia or New Zealand, doing jewellery auctions on a Sunday. I nearly did that for 10 years. So I've outworked it. And then now if you look at the size of my business, I still don't believe I deserve it. So like I've got four coaches at the moment to, mm. to get better. Yeah. I, I see that you're obviously living a bit of a different lifestyle to how you probably were 10 years ago. Yeah. But how did you survive that that journey? Because that, that would break a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got a big engine, so I'm lucky right. for that. You know, I think if there's one thing I'm proud of, it'd be my engine to keep pushing through. Um, you know, I've had heartache and trauma like anyone in their life, so I think that sort of drives you. But I think I've always wanted more, so I think that sort of pushes you for more. Um, there was one point in my life when I was developing that I'd had amount of money that I didn't think I ever, was ever going to have, and I was mm. probably the most miserable I sold really? it, bought this property, sold it, and I've always outstretched. So I've never got money in the bank. But this is the first time I had, you know, seven figures sitting in a bank account. Mm. And I was like, mate, if this is what I've done for 15 years, working my ass off for this feeling, this is so miserable. And that's when I went looking for more. Why Why did you feel that feeling, do you think? Because it's, it's, it's empty, you know, mm. like money will not make you happy. So thinking that one day you get to a dollar figure that would give you happiness and it's the opposite. It actually is like, wow, this is not worth it. So is that because you sacrifice things that you wish you didn't sacrifice? Big time. Yeah. Like I missed so many birthdays, family events, like working Saturday, Sunday is huge. Would you take it back? I, I don't think you can regret it. I push my, well, let's say the way I mentor my young guys. So I say to them, it's not about the hours you work, mm. but that's work smart and that's work hard. And even with my leadership team today, we're looking to grow and we're looking to get some smart people part of the leadership team. And I'm saying, guys, I only want you there. You know, like sometimes we have big mm. days, but like eight to five, let's work hard and go home. So, you know, and I know you guys work with Jeffy Jowett, mm. but look, I wouldn't be where I am without that. So I don't want it back. But I, I say to my team, I don't want you to do, you know, mm. what I did. And that's why, I mean, it's a bit of a plug, but what we're trying to create is a lifestyle club at the moment. Mm. So like I've worked hard and bought a few toys. So Instead of my team running around and buying, you know, the cars, the motorbikes and all those things, what we're going to do is have a part of the business. So if you work for our business, you're going to have access to all the cool things I've been lucky enough to buy. Yeah, wow. So effectively you're bringing that cool lifestyle to your your team effectively. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the Daily Stoic and looking at that life, it's great. Yeah. But like, let's be honest, we're boys. We do like, you know, <laughs> the fun things. So how do I have those things and then really breed the Daily Stoic to my team? I'm like, well... Yeah, I've made sacrifices. Mm. So for those sacrifices, that's great. I've got those toys, but I don't want you to make the same. Just come and rent them, enjoy it, have fun, and then go back to being a good human. How yeah. awesome is that? Yeah, it's cool. That's awesome. So yeah. I think like even for myself, that's something I, I struggle with is having that balance between having fun and, and working hard. Like sometimes I'll be too focused on working hard because I want to get to that destination so I can have fun. It's like a means to an end. But I think balance is about the focus. All right. So one of my guys had bad three months. All right. I said, well, mate, you got to rip in. You've mm. had a bad three months. Now's not the time to rip in. All right. And he's also, but he's going away in January. I'm like, that's your fun. Mm. So I think balance isn't about this perfect week. Mm. It's about knowing where your focus is at that time. If you want to mm. buy your first property, well then work bloody hard. Mm. But when you've got a few, relax. And like our senior members of the team, you know, and I think that's why I really hate about real estate, this 2X, 10X, all this sort of crap, but we mm. forget about you know, the happiness and the mental health of our team. And I mm. think I think you can have both, but when you're in growth mode, it's work mode. Mm. And I think you can switch. You can't have it at equilibrium, if that makes sense. You've got to know where your focus is and yeah. go after that focus. Because mm. I know for me, Jeff Jowett's a big 
advocate of doing work in quarters and acting like a professional athlete. Yep. What's your take on on that type of arrangement? Like how do you structure your weeks to be optimal focus for the dollar production and then when do you switch to the, the fun side of – like how do you structure your – because of the what I've got, I'm, I'm probably a bad example because I've got so many different things on. But to me, it's just about the big rock. So we're doing this today. I mean, we're going out in the boat a little bit later. So today it's like, what did I need to do this morning to make sure my business is running and people need me? And I hammered those things. I didn't worry yeah. about blue sky items. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing about balance is what Jeff says, is that it's the hours we work when we're not working. So when you get home at six, stop. But we're still redlining, aren't we, on the couch mm -hmm. to six and eight. And I've had different relationships, breakups at times, and I think – I think I'm present. I think I'm at home, but I'm not. I'm still revving. So mm. I think it's not about the hours you work, but when you're off, be off. And mm. that's one thing I'm really working on. Yeah. Working on? Have you mastered it yet? No, way. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. So yeah. how do you switch off now? Um, well, I'm back into fitness really good. I'm actually uh, meditating. I'm actually working with Lincoln Westerman at the moment, who's um, a wellness coach. He was in real estate and he's got out. I'm loving his story. Uh, I'm working with Ivan Brezik and you oh, know, yeah. Ivan won't be, mind me saying, but he was probably the most ego-driven, you know, type <laughs> salesperson that changed the industry, you know, the, all that sort of stuff. And, mate, he's an inspiration how he's changed his life and living with stoicism. So I think it's it's looking at other people and, you know, if you want to get there fast, just see what other people have done and copy them. You know? mm, it's true. It's true. What brought the move from – so people – just so people understand – David was originally from Sydney, yep. um, worked in Sydney in real estate, owned some agencies and made the move to Port Macquarie. When did you move up here and why and how has it changed your life? Yeah, so I was developing extensively and and I'd made the dollar and I was, as I said, I was, I was lost. But I also could see the market was about to turn. It yeah. didn't turn as much as I thought it was going to, but I thought it was really going to turn. So I was looking for a little cash flow business and mm. then I tried to buy one in uh, Lake Macquarie. I got a holiday house there. I got gazumped. <laughs> oh, really? And uh, I was learning to fly. So Port Macquarie was up here. It was like, great, bonus, easy hour flight. And then bought a little business here. And then um, that's true. Like running a cash flow business and a growth business is separate. And I'm built for growth. Mm. So we ended up growing it. And instead of one day a week, I was up here four and then loved it. So I've been up here permanently probably four years. And yeah, you won't get me back. But lucky enough, we've got Northern Rivers. So I spent half my time basically between Port and Byron, which like you can't get any better. Okay. So are you selling at the moment? Nope. 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 <laughs> no, but um, I mean, there's a big listing that we're about to get about hundred blocks of land. I'm pretty extensively involved in that. Yeah. But mentoring, like I love putting deals together. I still auction for the team mm. and that's my, you know, total love. Yeah. Putting a deal together. Yep. So what's your average day in the life now? Wow. Uh, if there is, even is an average. Yeah. Well, now I've got uh, lucky enough that I've got a full leadership team. So a lot of my focus is on the leadership team. So I'd say generally most days I'm setting up the leadership team, whatever mm. that could look at. We've got an extensive renovation coming down here at Camp Jordan. So mm. a lot of my time um, is spent down here. Um, but I'm lucky enough, like in my development business, my architect's amazing. So we're running uh, or four jobs at the moment and maybe four or five DAs at the moment. And he does a great job. I've got a project manager. We're doing a subdivision at the moment that looks after that. So now really, if I went away for three months, there is, there is a, a level between me and the actual process that's happening. And all I see myself is just sort of pushing everything just on a little bit and where that focus needs to be. So basically just a pusher or something <laughs> or a pain in the ass, depending who it is. <laughs> are you still actively sourcing your own sites for the development? Yeah. Yep. So a lot of them I bought through the business, which is great. And that was one of the reasons why I started the expansion is because you get to see the deals. Yeah. And mm. I still see it with Sydney Irons, which is lucky. So a lot of the people around here don't see the little bit of attention. 
And a lot yeah. of people have gone, you're mad. Like yeah, even this I bought, Crescent Head, the med that I bought, and even a few sites I've bought up and down there. Even the subdivision, they'd been on the market a long time. So a lot of the things I've bought have been on the market a long time and I come through. And that's what I learned off working with those um, Greek brothers in Sydney is to be able to look at a property, come up with a solution. And a bit like Justin Hem, see, a lot of people go, they look at the, the value of what you're paying for it. Mm. I don't look at that value. I look at the end value. So if it's worth one, all right, and I can think I can get it worth two, I don't mind paying one, two if there's money in it. It doesn't worry what I pay. I'm looking at the end value. And I think that's where a lot of people uh, lose opportunities. Yeah, okay. How, how did you first get into I know you said you used the cash from your pizza shop to actually fund your first development with your brother. How old were you at that point and what development did you buy? Yeah, so I bought a site in Maroubra. So it's probably 12 years ago now. Yeah. And he came over, um, married to my sister, and he had a bit of money from the UK and he was like, what do I do? He's like, I said, well, you can either buy a house, you can buy a couple of investment properties. And I just threw away because no one had sort of really backed my dream. And I think my brother-in-law is a single child. So we really bonded and I lost a brother when I was younger. So we had this really amazing bond where I think we wanted a bit of extra connection. So he actually backed it and like blindly said, yeah, I'll buy it. And, you know, I think it was under a mil. And by the time we got it DA, it was worth over 1.8. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, and that's what that's what got you hooked. Yeah, well, it was DA'd for three townhouses and we broke it up and I turned into nine one bedders. So it was always being able to see that opportunity. Yep. Are you uh, – I know you said you own a few properties now. Are you, are you mainly just buying and holding or are you splitting at the moment between buy, hold, buy, develop, sell? Yeah, just for cash flow, I've sold a couple at the moment because I'm, I've got so many other opportunities that I'm doing. But generally I've always held. Mm. And I think that's something that I'm really working on because – I get addicted, not addicted, but I, I fall in love with the property. And I think you've always got to remember, and this is this is me preaching to me now, property is just a vehicle. Mm. You know, that property I might own in Crescent Head or Port or Sydney, it is just a vehicle, but we get attached. Mm. Mm. And I was lucky enough to work with a really wealthy family in Sydney and they have no attachment and they're what I call spreadsheet mm. type investors. And when you want to make serious money, mm. you, you've got to lose your attachment. But I think now I'm a half ethnic trained type investor <laughs> with also now that spreadsheet. And now I'm trying to formulate my own form formula going forward. Mm. Have you thought about what that formula looks like? Okay. So let's say for example, you're speaking to two younger guys, what formula would you share with people in the industry that are looking to get in buy and hold investments development and the cash flow of high, having high income? Yeah, cool. So you got to buy something for growth. All right. Mm. So, and you got to buy something that you can add value to. That's the main thing. So being in the industry, hopefully, you know, you can buy well. That's why mm. you should always, like, you know, your market and fighting with your competitors, is the worst thing you can do. Everything I nearly bought in the East and within a few years, we bought 17 sites, which is crazy. Mm. And that's because all those agents trusted me. Now I wasn't the best agent, but they mm. all knew me and liked me. I made it easier for them. So your connections is what's going to get you there. So first thing is buy something you can add value or buy something cheap. That's the first thing. Next thing is don't get ahead of yourself and build a base. Mm. Once you've built a base, then you can look at different opportunities, which would be like a small development. Once you've got that going, then you would look at cash flow. So then you'd be looking at uh, commercial. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I know this a lot, but you'd also want to then look at your tax situation. And that's when new properties can work. But if you looked at those four avenues in investment, you'll always go good. What, what base would you aim for? Dollar wise. All right. So the reason why I started my property, ideal property, it depends what you want. So what mm. what your wealth is. So, you know, you know, I think five million is an asset base to be able to live. You know, a Sydney lifestyle is, is probably right. Back when I sort of first, it was two. 
but probably at least five. But if, you, if you're looking to get there quicker, you know, a good $2 million base and then start looking at opportunities that might have a little bit more risk. Gotcha. So you, w- you personally wouldn't jump into, an, into a development straight away off the bat? As much as it looks like I take a lot of risk, like, if, if, for example, crypto I've never touched. Hmm. If you talk to me about anything, any, like I've had opportunities to bet into little betting sites and things like that, hmm. I'll only invest with what I know. So early on, I took a risk on development, but I'd been around it. Like we sold a lot of sites and I knew it. So if you know it, sure. But if Paul Smith's telling you to do it, you know, then really question whether you should do it. You should only really get an inv- in development if you're okay to lose it. Yeah. 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 Is uh, development your passion at the moment? I, I love people and I love property and I think it's a pretty even mix and I'm blessed that I get to do both. Um, I'm not a an artist or anything like that but with property like that's like you know if you look around the med like all Mm. the little signs the logos and things like that like i'm heavily involved you know like the colors and the beige and the white the pink and so to me it's now my creativity like it's it's awesome yeah where i was actually having a chat with one of my colleagues um last week and we were talking about once an agent we've seen a really good agent in our area hit really good numbers and then just drop well off like just gone out of the industry how did you hit such like a great level of success but continue to sustain it and build on it without losing your drive and that fire? Yeah, great question. I think I've done different things, which has helped. So once, yeah, I've, okay. like, once I got, you know, okay at auctioneering, mm-hmm. then I moved into development and then development I moved into business. You know, I said property and, and people are my passion, but I think growth is a big thing for me. So yeah. I did have a desire and an ex-net wealth that I thought would make me happy. And I've had people that actually don't understand what makes me tick and they think it's I'm not happy. I'm actually now stoked. Like I, I don't need any more, but I want more because I love it. Like mm-hmm. I literally love it. Like you take me to Noosa, first thing I'm doing is walking through the real estate windows. Mm-hmm. And then from that, because Queensland, they never got prices, then I'm Googling. Like I just love it. So, you know, and then people say you work too much. I'm like, well, yeah, you might play golf. I don't like golf. That's my, that actually is my hobby. Yeah. So, you know, and at, at times I had guilt around that. And even in relationships, I try and excuse it where now I don't like that is my love. I abs- I'm blessed that what I do, I love, you know, yeah. and I think that's why you keep going. So you need to know your why to answer it. So if I was to catch up with that person and that's burnt out, I'd be like, well, what was your why, mate? If you're chasing the dollar and that's probably what they're doing or the ego, then they're burnt out. But if you've got a real purpose or a why, like, you know, like I, I didn't have a great childhood and bullied and all that. So I had a real like, you know, mm. up you type personality. So mm. you got to look at what your driver is. But that served me before, but moving into my next stage of life that, you know, oh, I'll show you isn't mm. serving. So now I'm changing that. Mm. And now like, mate, I'm doing things that aren't the biggest money makers, mm. but I love like, you know, you walk through Jordans with me, I'll smile the whole time. You know mm. what I mean? So it, it, it's about finding your love and your passion. Do you feel that? applies to when you are in that state of let's make money we're in we're in our growth stage of life we need to make some serious coin is it follow your passion or is it roll up the sleeves and get to work or a mixture of both it's a mixture of both i mean it is a vehicle like i mean one of our young guys at the moment he wanted this this and this and i've given it to him and i found out he's miserable i got a meeting with him on wednesday like what's going on Mm. mate like it's not going to be fun every day like i'm having a great podcast and like Behind the scenes, like, you know, I'm going to get back to 10 emails and headaches and things like that. Like, yeah, sure, if you want the happiness and all these things, like behind that is another circus that I'm not talking about today. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a vehicle. Like property is a vehicle, work's a vehicle Mm. to get what you want. Mm. So there's going to be crappy days. 
But it's yeah, you, you if you want more, you got to work harder. Mm. If you want less, then fine. And you got to find what you're happy with. Mm. But one of the biggest things I'm looking at now is that you know I think if you look at what people really regret when they die is unfulfilled purpose mm. or unfulfilled potential. So it, it's working through those things. Uh, disregard like personal or family health. Do you ever have really bad days? Good question. Like really good question. Um, and this is what I was talking about. I'd love to do the podcast mm. in the gray. Cause I think there's a lot. I look, Oh, I was going to say lucky, but not unlike I lost my brother when I was nine and I, that had a really wow. massive impact on my life. So every day more than that, it's better than he had. Mm. So I think there's an inner thing in me that still feels quite blessed that, you know, I, I'm here and he's not. So, you know, I know that's a little bit deep for a podcast, but mm. every day, I think I wrote today actually on my commitment email, it's your choice to be positive. So, yeah, I mean, I have some crazy stressful days, but not days that I can't handle. And, you know, like I said, I had a big engine earlier and, you know, I love a party and all that sort of stuff. I'm lucky, mate, you know, I get up the next day and, and, and I'm pretty good. So, yeah, I'm lucky I don't get into dark holes or anything like that. I, I think I'm quite blessed and lucky. But I have stressful days, crappy days. Do I sometimes think I don't want it? Do I, you know, I think one of the biggest things I get now is why, you know, like I just had a relationship breakup and you're like, you know, work this hard and then now not to get to share with. It's mm. those moments in your life that you got to look at. Yeah. Mm. So we all have those days, but yeah, I'm never in the dark category. How but do I do mean? a lot of work on myself. What type of work does that look like? Yeah, it's like, I joke, I've got coaches for coaches. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've just started with Lincoln from um, Wellness because I, I dropped my wellness and my mind goes nuts. So he's helping like meditating journal. We're working on routines at the moment, which I'm really bad at. Um, I've always joked I'd had ADHD, but I've actually just went to a psychologist and like laughed and said, you're off the freaking scales. So I've just started that today. If I'm talking a bit fast, I'm only three days in. <laughs> so... You know, I'm looking at that, uh, Ivan Brezik from the Stoic and the fact that he had the balls to sell a successful business, get out and then move to another country. Yeah. Um, and then Jeff Jowett that, you know, you guys love mm. and, and him more mindset. And then I've got Jackie Fury, who's an amazing therapist, but she also works with a couple of billionaire families and just looking at that mindset. So, yeah, and then always like, you know, YouTube is the best, like a three-minute, five-minute clip on YouTube. Like every night I'm on YouTube watching some you only get me for a minute, but some little bit of inspiration about amazing people. Yeah. And that's why ego and jealousy is my biggest killer in real estate. Like get rid of those two things and you live a good life. But our industry is ripe in it. And, you know, that's what I really want to change. Do you reckon we can dive a little bit deeper to that topic? Yeah. I'd love to hear, because you've obviously had a lot more experience and, and years of exceeding when people lacked out a certain way, the results and the impact that has. What's been your experience with ego, particularly in the real estate industry? Or in any industry? Well, one thing I've always wanted to do, and John will never let me get up, but Eric, and I'd love to, all right, who's got a watch worth more than 10 grand? Stand up. Great. Who's got a European car? Stay standard. Who's got more than three properties? Show me who's still standing. It'd be very minimal. All right. Mm. So we work in an industry which is the best wealth creator. There'd be no one selling real estate that doesn't think it's the best wealth creator. But our ego gets in front of us. Mm. Now, ego can also be a, a good thing. And if we're really going to get deep, what I've now understood about ego is we've got three different types of ego. So we've got our child ego and that's where all that, you know, the play and we've all got it, you know what I mean? Like hanging out with you boys today, mm. it's exciting and probably going to tell a, an ego-based story to try and fit, like it's going <laughs> to yeah. happen and that's your child. Mm. But that's where your creativity and your hard work comes from. Mm. So we've all got that. But then you've got your adult, which is your best self, you know, yeah. and it's trying to get back into that adult ego you can and then you've got your parental ego and depending where your stage of life going in and out of that. 
But when you break up your ego into all those three and know where you're at mm. and then know the situation you're in and what, you know, like if you're out with a few beers with the boys, mm. well, the child, yeah, cool. Yeah. But in, in work, maybe not so much. So I think I remember one girlfriend said to me, no one cares, Dave. Like, I love you, but no one else cares. And it's so true. You know, like that guy that was doing really well, well, who's backing him now? Who's actually rung him up and checked in on him? Mm. Everyone admired him on the rise, but who's there when it didn't happen? So I think you really got to have a purpose of why. But, like, no one gives a, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, no one actually cares, you know, what you actually do. And, like, you know, like I've got a massive, you know, work hard, play hard type personality. So, you know, I think I've got a drink. But really deep down no one really cares. So it's mm. I'm looking at all these things at 40, you know, 47. So it, it's in all of us. But like, um, I mean, you had Ollie Labors on, for example, all right? Now he works in a very ego-driven market. Mm. So own it when it's there if it serves you. Mm. Don't run away from it, mate, because he's a really humble guy, Canberra yeah. and all that, and I love it. Yeah. But I'm like, mate, don't fight it. When you're in work mode and you're in that market, you you ride it, but just yeah. know who you are when you drive home. Yeah. Because that's something I personally have struggled with working <laughs> in the eastern suburbs is like not being from that state originally and then having that juggle between being yourself and fitting into that character have you ever had that experience yourself on my whole life mate my whole life and that's one of the probably the biggest things um there's a guy called johnny bassett that used to own a restaurant really cool restaurant and uh and i remember like trying to fit in and always trying to be that that yeah. eastern suburbs dude but i was a boy from the suburbs and I, i'll never forget going to a pub one night and him and my old boss did the old back door and next minute i'm in the <laughs> pub like i'm not stupid boys i know what happened you know but i was trying to fit in yeah. And then now Johnny rings me to go for a drink. But I yeah. think when you can actually find out who you are and that look, mate, I have moments like that all the time. And even of recent of late, I've sort of thought to myself, I actually don't fit in any one box. Mm. It's a bit of... Yeah, it's the rain on the tin roof. Oh, is it? Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, cool. So what I've realised, like this is a big thing for me right now is like, like I can go through fitness stage and I can go through yeah. work stage and then try and be around the. And I've just come to the conclusion, Dave, you don't actually don't fit in any box, mate, and be okay with who you are. And this is the journey I'm going through right now. And I can tell you, you get so much peace when you start understanding that. Mm. How do you accept that in your own head? Because I know that can be a bit hard to accept something like that. It's impossible, but I think you've got to keep working on it, you know. Yeah. Lincoln said one thing, like, and it's really powerful, but I'm enough. Like, I'm enough. Yeah. I'm enough. And like, I struggled to say that, you know, and it's pretty deep, but mm. actually look in the mirror and say, I am enough. Like I already right now, as I'm saying that, but, 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 mm. but, 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 because I'm not a gen, a, a, a jealous person, but because I want more and I, I see amazing people, you know, I look at people go, oh, you know, I wish I was as fit as him or I wish I was as fit as that. But when you realize everyone's doing exactly the same so yeah. it's a process mate but you've got to keep working at it yeah. and i don't think it ever stops it never stops no. and if you like you know i consider myself you know good intuition good intuition means you're sensitive you know mm. so that means you're aware the more you're aware the more you get pushed being a boss mate that's you know i've got 120 staff now every day is personal development every day you got to look at your staff sometimes I wish I was that arrogant, self-absorbed <laughs> yeah. person because I reckon they get through life better. Yeah. The more you get there, the fucking harder it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, mate, and that that's what I try and get across when I talk to my team. Whenever I'm, you know, talking on a podcast, this is not Dave with the answers, like not even chance. This is just a bloke that's willing to look at himself and have a go. Mm. And I had a go. Yeah. What what hours were you working when you were coming up? Oh, mate, when I was like, we were working seven till nine. Mate, I was in the pizza shop to all hours, Saturday, Sunday. Mate, I was nonstop. Non-stop. What are your hours now? 
And my team listening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say it's Mate, less. Look, you know, look, I, I'm in the office most days, but look, I, I'm lucky where, you know, my goal is to wear whatever I want, be mm. wherever I want, mm. you know, what, and do mainly, you know, what I want and work two to four hours a day. And I think quality work's more important. Like so many of us work and want to, especially these offices where 100 calls a day and I believe in all that, but they're just there to be seen. What's your quality like? What's your quantity mm. like? What's your, how attentive are you? Are you winning? You know, are you good? Are you practicing to get better? It's all those things. So I'm always around, like, mate, even being off the phone this long is a killer. Like I'm very attentive to my business, but I can be anywhere. But mm. I, I, I would say, look, I'm on from seven. And then, mate, I'm home most days at five and probably chill out, but then I'm back on emails before I go to bed. So, yeah, but it's good. I'm definitely not overworked now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you holiday often? Yeah, I've just started that. So that that would be my biggest regret is I didn't holiday. Last year I had a cracker holiday of the States Mm. and I did Mykonos with every other agent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me ask you a a selfish question. Let's say you're looking at me, myself, and you're in my shoes. Um, 28 years old, things are going well. Markets obviously dipped in, in Sydney. A uh, few staff met like three sales assistants, one admin. Um, and we're, we're gearing up for a big year next year. Would you say for, for someone like me to, to holiday a lot next year with, with dealing with having no holidays for the past two years? Or how, how would you deal with having to do such a big workload and such a big year after three, two or three big years? Well, I know for me, like when I went to Europe, after three weeks, I was getting fat and lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably fat and lazy before I got there. But <laughs> so I think small breaks is what I'd recommend small to you. Breaks. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know about you, but like, mate, after, I reckon two days you don't switch off, but after day three, you've switched off. Yeah. And then I reckon, you know, a, a good 10 day holiday and have two weekends in that holiday, mate, that's it. So short, sharp, fast. But when you get tired, take an afternoon off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So just, Manage your energy. A big thing I'll talk about is capacity at the moment. If your capacity is crap, take a rest. If it's not, go hard. You know, you're young. Like, have a go. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, you've got January coming up. Mate, but make sure when you're on holidays. And I think this is the thing. It's funny. I've fought with a lot of partners over this because a lot of people, when they go on holidays, it's all about the drink and the food and all this. Well, I generally do that during work time. <laughs> so, when I go away on holidays, I actually like wellness. You know, yeah. I love the gym and all that. So, Look, you know, how many people come back from holidays worse than when they left? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so short, sharp breaks, look at your capacity. And, you know, I'm saying to my team now because I feel sorry for them because we had such a crazy market. We didn't get a rest, a medium market, a normal market. Then we got a market declining. So no one's had a rest. Yeah. So one of my biggest things at the moment is trying to managing my team. Now's not the time. Take a day, take an afternoon. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um. I guess the selfish question for my, what I'm very interested to learn off yourself is what would you say framework or pillars are common traits of successful people that you see a lot of agents or even general public miss out on? I think, I mean, the obvious ones are get up early. You know, I, I think get up early is a big thing. I think the biggest thing I say to my team is be able to look in the mirror. All right. Look in the mirror and see what you see. And I think that's one of my biggest strengths, you know, my fitness at the moment, you know, it's a good seven and a half. And I, I'm not, I don't think it's a five. I don't think it's a 10. I know where it's at. Mm. You know, my personal development works a nine. You know, so it's, it's knowing where you're at and having an honest conversation with you. I'd say successful people are always sharpening the sword. They're always getting better and they've always got to drive for that growth. And I think generally they have a love for what they do. So they're probably all common things that you, that you see. 
But there's generally some internal driver, you know, like it's mm. like the boxes that come from the poor. There's generally some probably bad intention or bad motive or trauma that drives you there. But yeah. once mm. you're there, it's then keeping the habits and, and slowly and always improving. Yeah. yeah. You've seen a lot of successful people around you and obviously some younger uh, successful yeah. people too. Where do you think um, the main thing where younger uh, successful agents, entrepreneurs, developers, anything, where do they go wrong and fuck it all up? Yeah, I think the ego piece that we've talked about. Yeah. I think the ego piece. I think you've got to look at the end in mind. You've got to look at where you want to go, like where you want to go. And comparison, mate. Comparison's the big, oh, they bought that car, so I want that car. I think, mm. you know, Jeff says comparison's that they have to enjoy. I think that's it. But also, mate, even Arthur and Napoleon, Arthur and I especially work so hard. We laughed, mate. Like mm. I say to the guys, like, let's work hard. But it, it doesn't have to, like when I, you know, like I, even those bad days, I'm still looking for a laugh. Like, yeah. Mate, enjoy it. It's like we're, we're not, you know, brain surgeons. Like enjoy it. I hear people. All, uh, we've had actually had a few a few guests actually say, "Yeah, it's the ego, it's ego," which it seems like it is. But how do you stop someone from having an ego? Like if someone's listening yeah, to this mate, now, some of, some of the people that say this right now are the biggest fucking egotistics, <laughs> mainly because now this um, uh, authentic version of ourselves is what we're all promoting. But a lot of them are not fucking living it. It's bullshit, right. you know. Mm. I know I'm swearing, but I'm so passionate mm. about this. Mm. Are you really? All mm. right. So the biggest tip: Are you at service? Or are you about you? Mm. And I say so many real estate owners or people that run pods and it's about them. Mm. Are you about others or are you about you? And that's mm. probably, you know, I'll just come up with that now. But I'll actually, I'm going to take that. I like it. The I like it. But it's, yeah, are you at service or are you taking? And I think yeah. so many people are still take, 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 take. And the other big thing, and this is what I'm really passionate about, I see these people go out, start their own mm. because they wanted more, but then they don't mm. give their team more. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. They wanted it for themselves, you, not for the others. Well, yeah, but what are you doing now for your team? Yeah. And one of my biggest driver, which I think I do, is push hard because I got treated like an employee. I got the carrot, didn't get the carrot. Mm. I say to my team, no, you will get your carrot. you got to earn it. 100%. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, mate. Are you at service? And some of these people out there now that are really talking holistic, authentic, it's now because it's cool. Mm. But we know how they live. It's crap, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I like, agree. and like I, I spoke at a, a conference the other day, and I, I said, forget the stage, mate. Forget the stage. Forget Eric. Even forget the podcast. Forget all. Of, it, a lot of it is bullshit. Mm. Look behind mm. the scenes, you know. Mm. And let's be vulnerable and own it. Yeah. Talking about vulnerability, where would you say the most vulnerable parts of your life have been, and how have you been able to overcome them? Uh, I mean, losing my brother like rocked me. Absolutely rocked me. And then that destroyed every, like not destroyed. I shouldn't say that, but that affected every part of my life. You know, then, I, you know, I always wanted to chase the alpha guy, so that got me into trouble. And then I wanted to try and fit in because you don't fit in, then you're not popular. And then, you know, then I found the drink and then all of a sudden I felt popular, so then I partied a lot. So, yeah. you know, it all it all came from, from that. But, you know, I live a very open book. If you go and see any of my team, like, you know, they will know this whole story. They'll know more. You know, I think being who you are, you know, like I'm far from perfect, like far from perfect. Mm. But none of my team expect me to be perfect, but I care. Mm. And, and I think that vulnerability has got to be care. And I think one of my weaknesses, buddy, is I'm very empathetic because I'm so not perfect. Mm. I sometimes then let other people be so much not perfect. Mm. So now what I'm working on in my leadership is to try and hold people accountable even though I'm not perfect. And I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah. it, no, 100%, sometimes yeah. I forgive people too much because I know all the, you know, I mean, I had all the tricks in the book. So it's that balancing act. Yeah. 
I'm bringing it back to the ego thing. If you saw someone in your office or your team um, have an ego, like not a good Knee-cap ego. Him. Knee-cap him. <laughs> Straight up the guts. No, nah, like, mate, hammer him. There's, no place, in the my, there's no place in my business for it. There's no yeah. place. Like, if I'm the boss and I've got my life and I've, I've created material success, let's call it what it is, and if I don't have it, if I don't, like, I, we had one guy that was on his way. He's a really good writer, all right? And his, his uh, ex-wife was working. They are working together in the business, all right? Now, most bosses would do anything to keep the salesperson and they'd exit the ex-wife or the wife out, you know? I said to him day one, mate, you came together, you deal with it, mate. You know mm. what I mean? So I look at my receptionist the same as my million dollar, you know, my mm. biggest writer. And, and if you look at people as people mm. and you look at their value on the planet, that is the difference. And then, you know what? The big writer respects that and re- you know what I mean? Mm. So that's where the truth comes in. We've got to look at people as, as, as value, you know. Mm. There's some people I like in the business better than others, not saying that. Yeah. But, you know, that that's likability. But value as a human, I treat them all exactly the same. And my job as an employer is to protect them all no matter what they create for me. Yeah. Okay, does that mean you're quick to hire, quick to fire? Do you run off I that? stopped hiring because, mate, I, I, I love people, all right? And I, I'll give anyone a go. I'm the worst. Like I'll hire, you know, the guy on the street that goes, I want to change my life. So yeah. now I've learned that as a problem because I see I see potential in everything. Like I see potential in property, I see potential in people. So now the, that was what my biggest problem. I had early on in the day so many staff problems, hmm. um, but now I'm not hiring and it's humble. It's so much better and it's a different, it's a different relationship, yeah. Yeah, you mean you're not hiring as in yourself? Yeah, no, we've got now got yes, a HR department. Yeah, 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 no, 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 we're hiring. Yeah, come on yeah, up, yeah. come yeah, up yeah. the mid north coast, guys. <laughs> killer, um, ready, mate? I'm yeah, sweet killer, mate. Thank you for coming along. I will just ask one last question. We we have a lot of um, younger viewers. That's our main our audience at the moment. What and a lot of younger agents. What would be your advice to the twenty twenty five year old a- younger agents in the office? Don't make your podcast guy feel like he's really old, the way he <laughs> just said that. <laughs> I just realised that, goddamn. Mate, look, if you want to work for it, nothing, no one's going to give it. You don't mm. like, in, you know, actually, I haven't gone on about this, but if you really want to get me going, entitlement, fucking entitlement. Mm. Get rid of entitlement. You don't deserve shit. Mm. Work for it. And what, don't get jealous. Because, like, even some of those ego agents that we know and I, like I get triggered by them. Mm. What's an example? I'm not going to mention a name, but just think of any of the big agents that we all look at, all right? I I get triggered by them. Mm. But when I really look behind the scenes, they fucking hustle. They mm. hustle, all right? Hard. So even though they trigger me being ego, they hustle hard. They work hard. So there's always a lesson in it, you know? Mm. So if you want it, go after it because no one else is going to get it for you. And if you don't get it, stop whinging, mm. you know, because mm. it's up to you, mate. You know, it's up to you. Legendary. Have you had many big failures on that? progression I've, I've been pretty good because i even though it looks like i'm crazy and i take a lot of risk i stay in the space that i know i've had ups and downs and i've lost money on different things but mm. um generally i always have a backup plan and and on that development isn't really about risk it's if you do it right it's about risk management mm. and having that backup plan so yeah i and to finish off is that yeah i was on a roller development you know five million dollar site seven million dollar site there were two $10 million plus sites mm. that I actually chickened out of and didn't buy because I realised I wasn't ready. Like it took me so much to get there. I'm not, you know, mm. a billionaire keeps going, doubles, 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 doubles. I don't have a billionaire mindset mm. and I'm okay with that. That's good. So when I see like there's some developers that were around 15 years ago when I sort of started, they've killed it. 
but mm. I'm like, wow, you deserve it, you know, yeah. and I'm happy to have stepped back yeah. and, you know, I've done okay. Yeah. It's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Legendary. Thank you, David. Awesome. really appreciate it. One quick shout out before we wrap up is the new hats we've got from the Premier & Co team. Anyone in the sales game, whether it be real estate or entrepreneur ventures, definitely hit up the guys at Premier & Co. They're high-ticket sales specialists and also property developers themselves. Yeah. They're training yeah. the number one team in Kellyville. Of course they're good. You mean Port Macquarie. <laughs> <laughs>